Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings for today come from the New Revised Standard Version Bible. Our first reading is from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 11 and 16. Then the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him. The king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. At the same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David. Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel? Whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Our next reading is from Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 27. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. Our final reading is from Luke Chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now... You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child born will be holy. He'll be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. 
for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. So the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We come to our final Advent Sunday, and our message for this part of Hope is Born is expecting. And it is our next-to-last message, with our last being our Christmas Eve message, becoming. And so coming into this week, I couldn't help but be thinking about how much Christmas seems to defy expectations, and how it also sets us up to be expecting a lot. And that might sound a little contradictory, but our readings for today help us to feel this out. That sometimes our expectations and God's expectations are different. But that it's still good to be expecting God to be active in our lives. One of the ways we see this is in our reading from 2 Samuel. David decides that God needs a house. Nathan doesn't seem a problem with this. Seems just fine. Telling David, if you think that's what needs to be done, go for it. It's then that Nathan receives a message from God that says, wait a minute. I know you're expecting me to be really flattered by all this. But I've got other plans. And God flips the whole situation on its head. He knows David wants to make a house for him, but instead he's going to do something for David. The reply is, I don't need a house from you right now. Instead, I'm going to make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. That's a pretty big change of expectations. David and Nathan are expecting God to want a permanent house right away. Now that David's in a house of cedar, God should be in a house of cedar. God's focus instead is on establishing David's kingdom as a kingdom forever before God. And so now there's the expectation that the kingdom is going to last. This sets a whole slew of things in motion. We hear some of that in Romans. We hear about a secret that was long kept and that was made known, that the Gentiles now know of God. I think one of the things that we have an issue with is that sometimes we get hung up on the things we think we know in comparison to the things we actually know. And sometimes we don't allow ourselves to expect anything but what we've already come to believe and what we've already come to expect. And I think it's because we don't like being surprised. But really, that's what Christmas is. A series of surprises. A series of changes in expectation that defies what people were thinking. I think it's important that we remember how much of Christmas was about changing people's expectations not just falling in with them. And if you aren't sure what I mean by that, I would say we look at our gospel reading for today. We get Mary's confusion and Mary's delight 
and a complete change in what she was expecting before she was expecting, one might say. Gabriel comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to have a baby. And she's not sure how this can happen because she's a virgin. It's not the message Mary was expecting. She's told not to be afraid because she's found favor with God. But she wants to know how this can happen. She's told the Holy Spirit's going to come upon her, and things that she thinks are impossible are not impossible for God. But she is going to give birth to a child that is going to sit on the throne of David forever. And Mary's expectations are 100% changed. But that's okay. Her response is one that I think is indicative of the best way to handle something completely and totally unexpected. Here am I, the servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. There's something amazing here because she takes on the unexpected. It is not at all what was supposed to happen. It's not at all what she thought was going to happen. It's not at all what would make sense. But really, that's the story of Christmas. God upending all of our expectations in order to do something completely unexpected and new. People aren't expecting the Messiah to be born as a child of humble status. People weren't expecting the Messiah to be somebody that wasn't a warrior king. God changes what people thought was going to happen so that something even better could take place. But for that to happen, expectations had to change. They didn't always have to completely change. People were expecting the Messiah to come. They were holding on to that hope. People were clinging to the idea that the expected would happen in a particular way. The message that you get at Christmas is don't get too attached to your plans because God's plans may be completely different. And this is a great year to remember that. We may have had all sorts of plans that have been thrown out the window. We may have planned on many things happening that didn't. We can either say that everything was ruined, or we can say that everything has changed. Christmas is still coming. Christmas is still here. Nothing can take away that celebration of God's love. Nothing can take away that hope. No matter how we end up celebrating it, we celebrate it because it is God coming to do the unexpected in an unexpected way. And all that we can truly expect from it is to find hope and love because God is with us. Because that's the driving point that we need to prepare ourselves for Advent. It's not that we're preparing ourselves for a very specific script. We're not preparing ourselves to follow a specific storyline. We may have the Christmas story down by heart, word for word, able to remember every word as it is told. But if we remember the way that Mary reacted, unsure of why any of this was happening to her, 
and why any of this was happening in general, we are confronted by the simple fact that Christmas is about God doing what needs to be done in whatever way it needs to get done, and that we aren't always going to understand. We may not understand the why or the how of God at all times, but that's okay. I can only imagine Mary being given that message and then waiting some 30 years for Jesus to begin his public ministry, setting the wheels in motion. We're going to jump ahead. We're going to hear the story of Christmas, the story of Christ's birth, and then we're going to jump ahead. We're going to take a clear leap right into his adult ministry. Right out the gate. It won't take us more than a couple of paragraphs of scripture to go from childhood to being an adult. We quickly leave behind the mother becoming pregnant unexpectedly. We move right past the child's mother taking on grand expectations of all the things God has in store for her and her son, for her family. I can only imagine how hard it was for her to expect what was coming. Mary is left with all of the words about what is to come but not a clear sign of how long she would be left holding on to those expectations. In Mary, we can see everything that we have been talking about this Advent season. Mary is waiting for all these wonderful things to happen. She is waiting patiently for this child to grow. She is waiting patiently for this child to come. She is preparing for his future and hers the best she can, doing what she can to raise him. She is rejoicing, as we heard in today's reflection, over God's grace and favor being upon her and being with her son. Rejoicing in what God will do through this child. And she is expecting all the promises that God has made to manifest themselves. Not knowing how long she would have to wait, not knowing when God would make these things happen, but holding on to the hope that they would. Preparing for a future where the only thing she can be certain of is that God is with her. We don't have to wait those 30 years. We can see what happens next. But I cannot help but think of Mary expecting a baby to come, holding on to the hope of what God would do through her, what change God would bring into the world, to the hope that she had and all that she thought God was going to be doing. And Mary had to wait. I think that's a big part of our Advent spirit. 
waiting because we have the expectation of what God has said he will do. Not just expectations for what has happened, but expectations for what the future holds. That we prepare our hearts for Christ coming into this world to fulfill the expectations given to Mary and to David and to the prophets. That we see God doing what he said he would do. Sending a Savior into the world so that we would be free from sin and death. That we would understand how much we are loved and cared for. That when we talk about our expectations in this Advent season, we have the expectation of what has come, but also what will come. That we see God's love manifest in this world in the birth of a child fully human and fully divine to bridge the gap, to bring us closer together in God's love through Christ. That we also expect what is to come, Christ coming in final victory. That this is a season of understanding God's promise to us. That we celebrate the birth of a child that gives us a new birth. That as we take a new birth in Christ, we live in Christ, die in Christ, and are risen in Christ. We are born again through him. And in all that, we have hope. And in all, we find hope. Hope in what has come to pass and hope in what will come to pass. That we celebrate Christmas as a reminder of the hope we have in what God has promised. That Christmas morning is about a hope being born. In a few days, we will celebrate becoming hope. And our final message for this season in our Christmas Eve service. For today, we patiently wait for that hope to come. We live with our hope in the love of the Father, in the redemption of the Son, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen.